Hi, it's Joel, and welcome to the Rev Thinking Podcast. Today is Wednesday, September 21st. On today's episode, Tim Thompson and I discuss an uncomfortable topic, preparing for the slow season. Welcome to Rev Thinking. Rev Think leverages years of experience and practical wisdom to help owners of top creative studios. So you don't have to choose between following your passion and running your business. Your hosts are Joel Pilger and Tim Thompson. It may not be a very fun subject that we're going to talk about today, but invariably running your own business, and especially a motion design studio or a production company, you're going to run into slow seasons. So today we're just asking the question, what do we do about that and how do we prepare? Tim Thompson wrote an article for our blog at RevThinking about this topic. And in that article, some people raised some questions and had some feedback. So we decided to sit down and elaborate a bit further. But in the article, Tim talked about the unavoidable slowdown that comes to studios and how do we react? We, we don't want to simply project more revenue. We should probably get into more of a cash position. And then things like maybe securing retainer work and reviewing some of our biggest expenses might be in order. But most of all, Tim just recommends, let's not lie to ourselves. So I hope you enjoy my conversation with Tim Thompson. Well, hello, Tim. I'm looking forward to picking your brain about something we don't maybe want to talk about, and that is the slow season. Yeah, the slow season. That's always sounds like a those bad words, right? Yeah, can we just uh, pretend it doesn't exist and put our our head in the sand? And uh... <laughs> but I'm, I am looking forward to to hitting this topic because um, there's an article that you wrote recently called "Preparing for the Slow Season," and I thought it was a nice, I think, reminder to people that our industry is seasonal, that it is cyclical in some ways. And knowing that, what do we do about it? And can we get out ahead of it rather than just react to it? Yeah. I mean, the trick really is being proactive. So one thing I like to recognize is what's going on in the real world and then how that affects our industry. For example, what prompted me to write this article was that kids are going back to school, which is a reminder to me that it's now fall. There are only three more months of really productive time left before Christmas season uh, comes and goes. And then it's inevitable that after Christmas season, everybody has to kind of get back to work and it's a slow beginning for a new year. There are a few segments of our industry that still stay, stay busy right after Christmas. But for most of us, we experience this as a slow season following the Christmas holiday. Well, the reality is every studio or production company has its slow seasons. Yours may not line up with somebody else's, but... I know it was just yesterday I was um, working with one of my clients on his sales and marketing plan. And I mentioned you're an editorial shop. So if you don't land an upfront with one of the major networks, um, you know, the reality is December, January, February, maybe even March are going to be slow. And we, right. we both kind of nodded like, oh, yeah. But let me ask you. Uh, what are some of the slowdowns that, that yeah. happen as a result of the reality of the real world out there? Yeah, the two major ones I see are right after the Christmas holiday. Um, so we're talking about January and February seem to be slow. And what I mean by slow is it seems like projects start coming in again in January or February, but projects weren't awarded very much at the end of November and December, which means revenue is not coming in right after the Christmas holiday. You start landing new projects yeah, um, you do start doing pitches. You get awarded those projects in January. That means February is when the dollars are coming in. That's a seasonal uh, adjustment, as well as um, right after June. 
there's a busy season leading up to what we like to push is the Promax BDA conference. Um, everyone is working and generating lots of work, uh, getting the deliverables done. But uh, right there at that conference time, that 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 mid June area. Um, is a big push to do, get your sales efforts together, meet the people at Promax BDA, do face-to-face meetings with potential clients, and then summer comes. And people go on vacation, the television network season starts to gear towards the fall but aren't generating promos. And that summertime can be kind of slow for a lot of people in the, in the broadcast world. Um, it could be busy in the commercial world um, as, an, as an opposite season, um, so if you're dabbling in both, it's a good way to kind of bridge the gap, but there's definitely a seasonality to summer. And then again, fall, it seems like everyone's back to work and working very hard, getting ready for Christmas and the Christmas holiday again. So if I'm running a studio and I, you know, kind of know I have these slow seasons that come, one of the first points that you raised was in dealing with that, my temptation is to sit down and go, okay, great. We, I got to get you know, out there, I need to send my salesperson on the road. We need to scare up some more meetings because if we do, we'll probably land this many jobs with this much money and we're all good. But if I do that, I'm just simply projecting more revenue. Why would that be a bad idea? Yeah, sure. I mean, what I'm really saying, trick number one is don't lie to yourself. You know, take a look at what your revenue has been to this year and then make a plan as, as if as if that's going to continue through the end of the year. So if you're currently doing, um, if you expected to do $10 million for the year, but so far you've only done six, you should be thinking you're going to be an $8 million year, not a $10 million year. You can't just say, okay, no, no, $2 million above our current average is going to come in the door. That would be a complete lie. If you started making a plan for $2 million to the end of the year and four showed up, you know, God bless you. But I just say, don't lie to yourself. Be smart, be proactive, and make a plan with what, you, what you've what you averaged so far. Yeah. And when you say there's a bias, I guess, with most owners, that we tend to think of our companies growing and not regressing. So we tend to think, well, last year we did $4 million, and this year we'll probably do $4 million or maybe five. The problem, of course, is if you're actually doing $3 million, but you're running your business like it's $5 million, that's a really bad spot to be in. Sure. And, and in my experience... The companies that go out of business go out of business the year after their best year ever. Wow. Um, they haven't dealt with reality and looked at where they are revenue-wise in the current situation instead of dragging last year into this year and thinking it's going to be the same. It's a big mistake. So there's a whole podcast right there, right? We sure. should just we should <laughs> just sit down one day and say, wait a minute, why is it studios will have their best year and probability wise, the next year is the year they go out of business. Wow. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll save that for another day. Um, so let me ask you about trick number two, because you say get into a cash position. What do you mean by that? Sure. Um, this is the, you have enough time now in the three months left in, in this uh, busy season to collect extra cash. Um, so what I would do is if you're dealing with splits, like we've taught companies how to deal with, I would move that margin of what's dedicated to a project and what's dedicated to the company. I'd move it into more for company and less for project. Um, just gather up enough, uh, receipts, uh, put some extra money aside in the bank, um, create some outstanding accounts receivable that would come in in January instead of in December, um, you know, take the opportunity you have and be proactive with the negotiations with your clients, as well as um, planning with your accountant and setting money aside so that when January and February come and the receipt revenue isn't, the receipts aren't 
coming in like they have been all year long, you have a way of dealing with that. So get yourself into a cash position. It's funny, as you were describing that, I had a mental picture because here in the mountains of Colorado, um, where water is almost you know more valuable than gold, um, there's these devices that they put in the streams to split the water between that you know person that owns these water rights and that person that so the picture that came into my mind was as money comes into your firm through projects uh the splits is almost like a way you can dial the way that the water gets divided up and i think right. what i what i've seen you talk about is how just a slight adjustment of the dial of you know maybe spending 5% more of every project on the business rather than on the project over the course of three or four months. I mean, we're talking about maybe hundreds of thousands of dollars. It could be hundreds of thousands of dollars for sure. Yep. Yeah. All right. So number three, you talk about securing retainer work, which to me sounds like, wow, sure. That's, that's great. How would I actually do that? Sure. I mean, the how really is the responsibility of a business owner to teach their client how that would be done. It's not going to come from the client. Hey, by the way, I have this really sweet deal for you. Here's a bunch of retainer work. Do you want it? Um, the thought is, is to creating a level of service or deliverables that are needed throughout an entire year. And then understanding strategically how to meet those needs, how your agency can meet those needs, and then working out a deal with a client to work with them throughout a year for a retainer. Um, and a retainer basically can be as simple as pay me a monthly chunk that I will keep on doing this project. Um, it can be a one large project that gets paid out in 20% increments of revenue instead of you know 100% upfront or 100% undeliverable or 50-50. Um, you know, negotiating what those what the accounts receivable is on a project is another way of of establishing a retainer job. But mostly, what I wanted to encourage is that just because it isn't common doesn't mean it doesn't happen. And if you apply yourself to a problem, you'll solve it. So I'm encouraging our clients start thinking it through and start creating some kind of work that can be retained, not just through the next three months, but maybe the next six months, so you can get rid of that slow season. Um, and deliver something monthly or some kind of weekly routine, whatever it might need to, and be able to get revenue to match your deliverables. Yeah, I'm just sitting here smiling and chuckling because isn't it sad that clients will never just show up on our doorstep with, hey, I've got this retainer of you know $100,000 a month that I need to just spend. Are you available? Like It just doesn't work that way. And I think the other thing that you're saying too is, you really have to get outside of your own head and your own world and start thinking of what are the problems that my clients are really up against. And sometimes that might mean you need to have a conversation um, up the totem pole. Like That's I know, right. you know, cause a lot of our studio clients, they work with um, the people that are doing the work, right? But the true decision maker might be that SVP that you don't interact with regularly because that person doesn't do project work. But guess what? take that person to dinner and have a candid conversation about how you can really help solve his or her problem would be, I think, a great step towards uh, maybe smoking out an opportunity for retainer work. That's right. So number four um, is review your employees. And I think maybe this is, um, I won't say it's obvious, but all of these businesses are so labor intensive that the biggest dollars we ever spend are on our people and on freelancers. Um, but how, how does that work? How would that uh, help me navigate a slow season? 
Sure. This is just a reminder that our employees do need review. And I didn't mean a direct in-person one-on-one review of sitting the person down and telling them how they're doing. I mean, sit down with your leadership team, or if you're a solopreneur, you know, ask yourself the questions and think through each of the each of the people you're working with, how they're performing, um, and what their value is to your company. Just like companies go through seasons, people go through seasons as well. And you're looking for that chemistry between what the company needs are and the personal ability to deliver. Um, we had a client uh, here in the Northwest that kept a, an employee around for probably two extra years. And he was a storyboard artist, which was really valuable when the company got started, but they weren't using him as often, but he was quote unquote staff. And they felt really bad on letting to let him go, even though the employee knew that he wasn't providing much value to the company and the owner knew it. They just didn't take the time to review their business, where their business was going, what was needed for that, and put the right people in place. So I'm just encouraging people, it's a good time of year to think through your leadership team, think through your employees, and start finding that right teams that match the needs that you have right now, and consider layoffs or reducing salaries if if that might be opportunity, um, as well as bring in new people. This might be opportunity to hire somebody and, and start a new a new season for yourself as a company. Yeah, I love that. You you remind me of some some really good wisdom a friend of mine shared with me many years ago when I had an employee that I kept around too long. And he said, Joel, you're not doing her any favors because you're holding her back from where she needs to go next. And you're you're stifling her growth. And and again, I know that could be a rationalization, but that's just my encouragement to owners out there that might be uh, having a difficulty with making some of these decisions. Um, so maybe that helps. But let's let's um, touch on the last uh, point that you make in the article about uh, not lying to yourself. What what, sure. what what do you mean by that? Sure, not lie to yourself. It's really just the opportunity to take a look at the health of yourself. Take a look at the health of your, your employees and take a take a look at the health of your company. You should be running business reports. You should be pulling up your cash flow, your accounts payable, your accounts receivable. Know where you stand. Has your accounts payable been building slowly throughout the year and you haven't really ever caught up? Um, are your accounts receivables outstanding later than more outstanding than they should be um, with the deals you have with your clients? Should someone be following through and getting that money in house? Um, are your sales teams meeting the goals that they need to, to be meeting? And are your employees performing at the level that you want to? So trick number five really is just a summary of all the, the first four tricks, but really encouraging you to sit down and ask yourself, am I healthy? Is my company healthy? Are my employees healthy? And if not, you have to do something about that. Um, and if you need help, that's where we can come come in as consultants. We'd be happy to have a conversation with you, run through scenarios, help create projections, work through tricks that we've known that helped other clients get through certain issues. We're happy to, to deal with those issues, either if you're really healthy or not very healthy, we, we have ways of dealing with them. Sometimes it just works that way that, you know, a consultant is your friend who's looking at, you know, looking at the same numbers with you and just offering that perspective of, Hey, here's what you may not be seeing because you're, you're, you're deep in the day to day. And that wisdom can be coming from, your employees, you know, are your, your leadership team, is your leadership team telling you things and you haven't taken time to listen to them? Your wife or your husband can be telling you something about the health of your family, the health of yourself that you need to deal with. You're a CPA, a lawyer, of someone that you know from, from playgroup. Wisdom comes from many places. The opportunity is 
or my encouragement here is to listen to the advice that other people are giving you and speaking into it. Specifically, what we do as consultants, not just be able to do the assessment, but we've, through many, many years of working with others, as well as doing the work ourselves, have figured out ways to get through some of the problems that uh, owners face. So we're happy to share our experience and our solutions with, with people if they find themselves in situations they need to get themselves out of. And that's a good reminder. Um, when you were talking about the value of reports, um, I just want to mention to everybody that you wrote an article called The Six Reports Every Studio Should Be Running. And that article is also coming out in podcast form. So people should check that out. And we walk through those different six reports. So what else? Um, what else? If, if people have more questions or they want to get more resources on this topic, uh, where should they go? Well, you could always start with our website, revthink.com, and just follow the RevThinking link at the top. We have our blog, our Twitter feed, our Facebook are all available right there. Um, people can always email us. I'm Tim at revthink.com. You're Joel at revthink.com. We're happy to answer emails on simple questions or large. Uh, the other day, what, what that, that one email you and I got, Joel, was probably two and a half pages of someone just downloading their company history to us. It was so great for that person to sit down and think it all the way through and present it to us so we can understand it. And then our ability to get on the phone and talk to them was just a great opportunity for us um, both to sit down and process with someone. Yeah, I think business um, owners are often surprised when they reach out to us how willing we are to just uh, sit down and have a conversation and really help start giving them a sense of where they're at and maybe some things they should start thinking about. Yeah, um, we just want to be available to, for others. And again, it might might be surprising to others that you know they can send us an email and we can respond and we actually don't charge them for uh, answering simple questions. We, yeah. uh, we're, we're available for any way we can help. And uh, although we don't live in New York or Los Angeles, we're there all the time. So um, for studios that are in those cities or the other major markets, um, we're traveling a lot. So as you like to say, we're a cheap date. We like to you know, just buy us a coffee and we'll sit down and have a conversation. We're here to help. That's right. And keep your eyes open for the Promax BDA Creative Entrepreneurs Conference that we at RevThink are doing in partnership with Promax BDA um, to help out those creative entrepreneurs within this industry um, deal with the different aspects of the business, focusing specifically on the seven ingredients of a creative firm that we've developed here at RevThink. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. It's in uh, in, in Los Angeles at the Terranea Resort, which is going to be fabulous on uh, October 28th. And the first conference is on the topic of sales. So that's a hot topic to just about everybody. Um, so yeah, go to our website to find out more, or you can go to promaxbda.org um, and register. The seating's super limited, so I know it's going to sell out uh, quickly, but we'll look forward to seeing a lot of folks there. It's going to be fantastic. Well, thanks for having me, Joel. I appreciate it. You got it. Always good to sit down and have a conversation. Until next time. Thanks for listening to Rev Thinking. For more insights on running your creative studio or to ask us a question, visit RevThink.com. I want to tell you about a place to connect that you might not know about. It's our online community called Rev Community. It's a great place to get to know other creative business owners like yourself, to share some thought leadership and read other encouragement, to be challenged in this new marketplace, new technology, ideas, economic trends, and it's a place to research. Check out many of the resources we have online, our videos, and of course, this podcast. Join us today 
at revthink.com community. If you're a creative studio owner, feel free to join us today at revthink.com community. I look forward to seeing you there.